Hello, and welcome to another E-Myth Your Business podcast. I'm Karen Iwata, and I'm delighted to host our session today. I've been associated with E-Myth for over 10 years, having served as a master coach, a leadership team member, a seminar leader, and a keynote speaker. And I've personally engaged with thousands of our business owner clients, and therefore am very familiar with the challenges and triumphs that you face every day. And one of those challenges is top of mind for a lot of business owners right now, and that is funding. Whether it's for startup capital, expansion needs, working capital, the chances are pretty good that if you're a business owner or plan to be one soon, you have looked for financing or will be doing so in the near future. So today, I've invited our friend Paul Bazo to join the discussion. Paul is a longtime EMYTH advocate and former EMYTH coach and seminar leader, and his professional background comprises more than 20 years of experience in entrepreneurial strategy, venture capital financing, commercial banking, and business planning. Paul is also an entrepreneur in his own right and the founder and principal of the 10X Consulting Group. This consulting group is a boutique consulting focused on the development of strategic business plans for startups and fast-growth companies seeking angel and venture capital financing. Paul, welcome. We're so glad to have you here today, especially with your background. I think that you're going to be able to offer a lot of really good information for the listeners today. So to start off with, as we said, business owners look for funding for a lot of different reasons, startup expansion, all of those kinds of things. But I'm curious, what are the different approaches and sources of funding that one needs to consider relative to the reason the capital is needed in the first place? Great. Thank you, Karen. I'm thrilled to be here to, uh, to talk about this very important topic. And before I begin, is uh, we've really witnessed a phenomenal change over the last 18 months. We really have. Um, it has been a, an extraordinary uh, difficult time uh, for small businesses. Uh, not only from the economic recession from a sales point of view, but the access to capital has been extraordinarily restricted over the past 18 months. Um, now, in response to your question, typically uh, there's a couple different reasons why uh, a company would be seeking financing. As you mentioned, it's either startup or growth phase or to finance ongoing operations. Mm-hmm. So there's uh, three to four specific times when a business is really looking for financing. The classic uh, sources of financing for any small business are, first and foremost, typically the founder and their personal assets and or their credit cards, Mm -hmm. Um, a traditional commercial bank or credit union that offers business loans, um, SBA-backed financing, Mm -hmm. and then you enter in the world of private equity when you're looking for angel investment or venture capital. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy to talk about the pros and cons and the nature of each of those as we move forward. Well, so so let me just ask you, if I am, for instance, in a startup phase... And we could do an entire podcast just on that. But if I'm in a startup phase versus a growth phase or versus the, you know, in a place where I just need capital for ongoing operations, mm-hmm. am I going to look at different sources or am I going to look at funding sources, the same ones for all three categories? Well, in each particular situation, you're going to have a, a different approach. So okay. for instance, let's quickly look at a startup. Um, there's a, a traditional hierarchy that happens with the, the phases of any particular business. When a business is first starting out, um, they have no revenues, they have no cash flow, 
they may not even have a product or service yet. Many times it's mm -hmm. a concept or an idea or a plan. Mm -hmm. And typically speaking, what we first see is that the first $100,000 of investment is usually coming from the founders. Um, after that point, friends and family mm -hmm. usually come into about two to $250,000 total investment. Mm -hmm. And then after that, you're looking into more angel and venture capital financing. Mm -hmm. Banks have historically been a phenomenal source of financing for businesses, yeah. but banks focus most often on proven businesses, typically three to five years in operations, solid profitability, and strong financial um, prospects for the future. That's right. And they do that because they're trying to mitigate risk. Exactly. Banks, uh, as I've been told many, many times, banks are not investors in small businesses. Right. They are there for a very specific reason. They want to get a, uh, a, a specific rate of return. They want to minimize their risk and they want to do everything possible through underwriting and appropriate collateralization and, and various other techniques to ensure that the probability of them being repaid on time as agreed is maximized. Mm -hmm. Now that motivation is, is in direct contrast with a typical private equity investor that is looking to uh, the end game for a maximum above market return on investment. That's right. Yeah. So typically banks and investors, and that's one, one thing that uh, uh, entrepreneurs should realize right off the bat is when you approach a bank, that's a very specific type of approach. When you approach a private investor, that is a very specific type of approach. Each are very different. Okay. Well, good. And and before we close out today, I would like to hear some of your ideas about how to approach each one of those. But you're, in your opening remarks, you mm -hmm. talked about this, this uh, last 18 months, mm -hmm. right? This economic climate that we have come through where we saw um, a lot of credit being very constricted, yes. right? It's not nearly as available as it had been. So I'm I'm interested in hearing what your thoughts are about um, the upcoming year, how you think things will change, mm -hmm. where they're going to remain the same, some strategies perhaps that business owners can employ mm -hmm. in order to work with the current climate. Okay. Well, let's let's first talk about the last eighteen months. Uh, as I mentioned before, is business owners really got hit with a double whammy. They got hit with declining sales, rapidly declining sales, mm -hmm. and they also got hit by credit markets uh, and also investment markets that were significantly constrained. Yeah. Uh, and that placed tremendous pressures and is still placing tremendous pressures on many businesses. Um, for example, if we look at SBA lending, um, a couple statistics. In the first quarter of 2009, ending December 31st, the SBA 7A program uh, backed 8,996 loans. That's a 57% drop from the period uh, ending before um, and also 62% drop from two years prior. So we've seen a substantial decrease in, in SBA lending. However, just as of late, um, in July and August of this year, uh, approvals had risen to 320 million to 400 million, nearly back to 08 levels. So what we're seeing now is that we went through a very, very challenging time with credit, uh, but that the banks are beginning to open up their lending. But let me be very clear is they're opening up their lending to credit qualified businesses. Mm -hmm. yeah. That means all the owners have to be uh, credit worthy. The business has to stand on its own. It has mm -hmm. to have su sufficient assets, strong profitability, good prospects for the future. So although the credit markets are opening up, it's very important that businesses really understand that they have to put their financial house in order mm -hmm. before they approach a bank for financing. 
So one of the things that we know, we Emith recently did a survey and you know determined, probably not surprisingly, that the vast majority of small business owners have financed their businesses in large part through their own personal credit, right? Their own personal resources. So if that's true, and certainly in the statistics that you just read, we know that lending has been decreased and constricted, mm-hmm. right? I think you said with SBA, it had dropped nearly 50% mm-hmm. or maybe a little more than that. But business startups did not, mm-hmm. right? Especially as people were laid off, we saw more and more people coming into the arena and having that, you know, we call it the entrepreneurial seizure. Correct. Hey, I think I'll start a business because, you know, I don't have a job anymore and I'll create a job for myself. And those people are using personal credit or their personal resources to fund it. So given that, what does one need to consider when you've either tapped your personal resources to the extent that you can, or you realize that your business is at a point where you really do have to go to outside um, sources of funding for your business? How, how do you play that? What's the strategy? What do you need to do in order to make that um, transition from relying on your personal credit cards to going to outside sources? Well, I think that's a uh, that's a fairly wide topic, so let me break it down in a couple of different phases. First is you are precisely correct. According to the SBA's uh, website, some 80% of small businesses are started in part or in some with founders, uh, credit mm-hmm. cards, and or personal assets. Mm-hmm. Uh, the credit cards present a, a particularly vexing problem in the sense that um, in order to qualify for a business loan, a owner's personal credit needs to be very clean and their debt levels need to be uh, within uh, standards and ratios. So the allure of, of uh, financing your business with personal credit cards is that it's immediately accessible within 24 hours. Mm-hmm. There's no approval necessary. And at least what we had seen 18 months to two years ago, many times those rates were 0 to 5%. Um, what we're seeing now is credit limits are coming down. Um, and the slippery slope is if your credit balances rise to a significant enough percentage, you can instantaneously be going from 0% to 29%, right. literally by receiving a letter. Um, so the, the, the general theory, having worked with hundreds of small businesses, especially startups, is yes, there's a certain commitment that the founder needs to make upfront using their personal assets. Credit cards, if used wisely, are a viable financing mm-hmm. mechanism. But as soon as the business is um, viable enough to mm-hmm. either secure private investment or SBA lending, um, it's definitely to the entrepreneur's advantage to mm-hmm. seek other people's funds to help grow the business. So, so is there some sort of a, a benchmark in terms of how much skin in the game uh, a business owner needs to have? In terms of their personal resources? Well, for instance, there's no uh, skin in the game is an important attribute. Um, skin in the game from a banking point of view is collateral. You yeah. Know, how much, uh, how many assets or what's the value of the assets uh, that exist in the business today that can be secured? Skin in the game from an angel investor or a venture capitalist is uh, the entrepreneur's commitment of time and or personal resources into the company. Um, for instance, uh, if you're looking at, uh, I'm doing a business plan for a solar company going after a $300,000 um, solar grant, the funding agency requires matching funds of at least 20% from the entrepreneur um, mm-hmm. per every dollar uh, that the grant uh, is approved for. So everyone has their various um, 
formulas mm -hmm. or measurements that they would use for skin in the game, but mm -hmm. it's vital. Okay. And so you, you just have to be cognizant of that. And as you are moving forward with some sort of a plan mm -hmm. to obtain funding, you need to consider that. In, as part of the overall strategy. Well, right? in particular, private investors, angel okay. investors, and venture capitalists, uh, one of the first things they will do is want to understand who are the previous investors. And a significant red flag, major deal breaker, is if the founder and or founding team does not have significant, quote mm -hmm. unquote, skin in the game or equity in the game, uh, it's a no-go from that point forward. Okay. The theory is if the entrepreneurs don't believe in it, if the entrepreneurs aren't invested in it, if the entrepreneurs aren't prepared to risk their own capital, why would someone else? Okay. All right. Really good point. So let me ask you then, when you know you need financing, right, mm -hmm. you're going to go out there and look at, how do you make the decision between going for a loan and going to some sort of an investor? Mm -hmm. It's, uh, it's actually a complex decision. Um, various things in terms of the stage of the business, the type of business you're in. Um, but let's first start with some pros and cons. So pros of bank financing is that um, uh, you can generally get it if your application is approved within five to 30 days. Venture capital angel investments is eight weeks to 12 weeks. Mm -hmm. um, so the access to capital through a bank is generally quicker. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it presents some some issues from a business model point of view. In other words, if you get a bank loan, beginning day one, you're accruing interest that has to be paid through cash flow. Mm -hmm. So you get a lump sum of cash in, but immediately you have a liability on the balance sheet right. and you also have a drain on cash flow. So for a startup that is generally low on cash flow as they grow, uh, that is a very challenging thing to do is to add an additional burden every month in terms of debt service. So traditionally speaking, bank loans are ideal for existing businesses that are looking to um, uh, purchase assets, equipment, inventory to actually turn that around and grow their business. The theory is if you require a dollar to grow your business, you only need that dollar for six months to purchase inventory and sell it, and then you'll be paid for it. Use someone else's money. The... Uh, the advantage there is that um, you don't have to take on a, a huge uh, liability. Uh, generally speaking, startups are more interested in uh, getting private investment through angels. Um, and the advantage there is that uh, there's no immediate drain on cash flow and there's no obligation for repayment. So nothing ever goes according to plan for a startup. Uh, it may take months or even years to achieve break-even profitability. The advantage of having private equity is that money is available to the entrepreneur. There's no drain on cash flow. There's no defined repayment plan. And ultimately, push comes to shove. If the business doesn't work out, which unfortunately many don't, uh, the entrepreneur is not saddled with a, mm -hmm. a personal liability that they need to mm -hmm. repay for the next 20 years of their life. Mm -hmm. However, you're giving up some equity in the business. Yes. Right? So how do you weigh that? I mean, <laughs> how do you know how much you're actually willing to give away in, in exchange for the capital that you need? Karen, it's interesting you mentioned that. That is one of the classic fears. Yes. Uh, and it's also a myth that entrepreneurs hold in terms of, well, I don't want to give up yes. anything. Yeah. But what they fail to realize is that infusion of external capital is a vital ingredient for them growing their business. Mm -hmm. So the question is, I'd rather have a small piece of a much, you know, of a huge pie versus a big piece of a small pie. Mm -hmm. So entrepreneurs, I think, need to address the fact that if they do 
have visions for a scalable business mm -hmm. uh, beyond a lifestyle business or beyond a family-run business, if they really do have visions of a larger scalable enterprise, mm -hmm. um, the acquisition of external private financing is almost incumbent um, for their growth mm -hmm. to occur. Now, with that being said, um, there are uh, many ways that entrepreneurs can work smartly with consultants, uh, their CPAs, um, their securities attorneys to structure the deal such that it's a win-win-win for the business, mm -hmm. uh, the investors, and the, the founders. So mm -hmm. one has to be very um, judicious and cognizant of the various ways that equity, equity arrangements are structured so that it's properly done. And I'm sure there are many different models. That an one, infinite set of models. An infinite set of models, yes. yeah. And so... And so it, the chances of your being able to structure something that is really agreeable to you and, of course, um, really beneficial to your business plans. Absolutely. Yeah, as long as you, as long as you get some outside help. Well, absolutely, and, and qualified yeah. expertise. And yes. one of the interesting things in terms of this, this conversation about the pie and giving up mm -hmm. is the, the classic point of tension between investors uh, and the entrepreneur comes to the aspect of valuation. So before any money has changed hands, mm -hmm. the investor and the entrepreneur need to agree on what is the valuation. In other words, how big is this pie? Mm -hmm. um, if it is a million-dollar pie or the, the value of the company is set at a million dollars, then a $100,000 investment would get you 10% of the company. If the valuation is set at half of that or 500000 that same 100000 gets you 20% of the company. Mm -hmm. So it is in the entrepreneur's interest to always push the valuation uh, up as high as possible, and the investor will always try to push back. So that is the fine point of negotiation. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good to know. So it sounds like research, of course, is really important with regard to what are the funding sources that mm -hmm. might be available to you um, and, and you know, making a decision. But it sounds like even before you get to that point, preparation is absolutely key. So having your financials in place, right, accurately reflecting your position. Yes. But what are some other things that you need to do in preparation for, for going out and seeking funding, whether it's through, uh, you know, banking, a bank loan, or whether it's through an investor? Well, I think the, the, the preparation, whether one is seeking uh, traditional bank financing or SBA financing or private fan financing, many of those elements are, are still the same. Uh, but let's focus on the bank. Traditionally speaking, banks are always going to want to lend to existing businesses that have a track record of success and that the market prospects are strong. Mm -hmm. um, so what they're looking for is a business that's that's been around for three to five years, has strong cash flow, the trends are all positive, um, is sufficiently cash positive to meet their, their daily demands, and they're using funds for a purpose of growth, mm -hmm. acquisition of new, mm -hmm. um, new inventory, acquisition of new equipment, or working capital based on seasonality. Banks are hesitant to lend to companies that are in trouble. Mm -hmm. um, it's the classic thing of when you don't need money, banks are happy to lend, right. and when you do, they, they mm -hmm. aren't. So one of my advice in terms of preparation is to apply early. Apply when you're in a strong financial position, um, when you look forward, anticipate your needs, mm -hmm. define your funding requirements, and get in early, begin building the relationship with your banker, and put together the necessary uh, financial information mm -hmm. and business plan information to basically tell them this. 
This is why we need the money. This mm -hmm. is how much we need. This is what we're going to use it for. Mm -hmm. And this is why we're going to assure you that we can repay this principal and interest on time as agreed, fully satisfactory. Okay. So fair enough. When you're in a strong financial position, right, that's when yes. you want to go and gather the resources that you need to take your business to the next level. However, most business owners, particularly small business owners, find themselves occasionally in a situation where things aren't going as well as they would like it to go. They want to go to a bank or someplace. They need the infusion of cash, but they don't have everything in place lined up in the scenario that you, you know, in the scenario that you just suggested. So, for a business owner who is in trouble or who needs some quick cash, in order to survive and then move the business forward. Any options? Karen, that is a, uh, it is a common situation, all too common. Um, and in my 10 years as a commercial banker and my work with venture capitalists and angel investors, I have seen this situation countless times. Uh, the challenge is this, is if banks are to lend on the business, they need the business to stand on its own. They need it to be in good shape um, and they need to have assurance that the business can, through itself, repay its debt on time. If a situation where the business is in trouble, they will go to what's called secondary sources of repayment. So in addition to the business having fair to good prospects, what they will also do is to look for owners of the company, typically anyone with a 20% or more interest in the company, and they will do a variety of things. They will have those individuals sign personal guarantees, which make them personally liable in the event that the loan uh, is not paid on time. And they will look to secure personal assets and business assets. So um, they will file UCC liens on business equipment. They will lien accounts receivable. They will lien owners' primary and secondary residences, anything they can do to collateralize that loan. So for a business that is in trouble, um, financial options exist, but uh, at least historically, it has been very challenging. Now, uh, President Obama, as of late, has urged the bankers to begin opening up their credit lines. So we hope to see underwriting guidelines softening a little bit. Historically, over the last 18 months, nothing that hit the gray was ever approved. It either, either had to be creditworthy and perfect or mm -hmm. it was declined. Mm -hmm. What we're seeing now is that banks are willing to entertain a slightly higher degree of risk. Mm -hmm. um, so that does open up some prospects for businesses. And so as we move forward into next year, um, are you seeing maybe the second, third quarter of the year when more money is going to be available? Or do you think it's going to happen earlier or... Well, according to President Obama's recent speech, he would like it to happen yesterday. Yes. Um, I think we all would. Yes. <laughs> so we're starting to see banks. Banks historically have held back over the last uh, 12 to 18 months because they weren't sure what's happening with the economy. Sure. Uh, they had liquidity concerns. Mm -hmm. And so they did a almost a knee-jerk reaction and pulled back very, very tightly. Mm -hmm. The economy economy's settling down. Mm -hmm. Prospects are looking better for the economy. Uh, there's more money flowing through the system from the Federal Reserve, more incentive programs. Mm -hmm. SBA has come on board to um, add additional uh, security guarantees. So basically starting right now and happening for the last couple months, we're starting to see banks open up. But again, businesses have to stand on their own. They have to be credit worthy mm -hmm. and uh, they have to be able to 
make a good case that they're going to repay that loan on time as agreed. Okay. So I'm curious now. We've got, we, we, we know based, based on what you've been telling us here that there is money available. You have to be prepared, mm-hmm. right? It, the stronger position you're in, the better, mm-hmm. of course. But even if you are, um, you know, in, in trouble financially with your business, there are still some options that you can um, access, mm-hmm. although you're going to be putting much more of your personal resources mm-hmm. on the line mm-hmm. in doing so. Um, but I'm curious, what would you say are the top three mistakes that business owners make when thinking about or actually beginning to seek funding? Well, I think that in general, uh, and again, there are specific um, instances that my answer would different for be different for a startup than it would in existing okay. businesses. Mm-hmm. But if I were to look to existing businesses, um, I think that the number one mistake that they do is they, they look too late. Um, they should be seeking financing when they are in a position of strength. Mm-hmm. When things are going good, cash mm-hmm. flow is good, business prospects are good, profitability is good, um, their deposits are high, that is the time to seek credit lines and to seek expansion capital, especially from a bank. So my first suggestion would be to look early and look often for financing. Mm-hmm. Cash is king. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the, a profitable business can close its doors simply because of a liquidity price crisis. Right. Right. So the more often than uh, as an entrepreneur is constantly seeking the appropriate level of financing from the appropriate source, the better. Um, clearly understanding their needs. Uh, most often businesses are undercapitalized and when they seek lines of credit, they seek loans, they seek angel or venture capital financing, they underestimate the true need. They believe they have some myth that if they ask for less, that will help them get approved. And in a sense, it's the contrary. Uh, Banks want to see that you're getting sufficient capital to fuel the business. So Mm -hmm. uh, look early, look often, uh, be very clear in terms of the amount of funding that you need. And if you are applying to a bank and your existing businesses, your business, your financials have to be impeccable. Typically, a bank will look for the last three years of financials. They want them well organized. They want the ratios to be uh, proper for the industry. So I would suggest that a business work with the CPA in advance of going to the bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can never make a first impression the second time. Have the financials cleaned up. Work with the CPA to ensure that they meet industry standards and that all the ratios are generally healthy and in line for the industry. Uh, and then whether you're applying to a bank or a venture capital or angel investment is that the business owner needs to have a compelling business plan. They need to present their case that this business is worthwhile to, to invest in, to take a risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, a business plan is much more important when looking for angel uh, or venture capital financing than as a bank. When you're looking at a bank, approximately 70% of the decision will be based on the financials and the owner's personal credit history and assets. All right. So we're back again to preparation is key. Do your homework. Do your research. Allow yourself time to get your ducks in a row Mm -hmm. on lots of different levels, right? Preparation is absolutely the bottom Mm -hmm. line here. So if you were to give us like a, a short list of maybe steps that one needs to take in order to be prepared, what might they include? 
Well, I think if we were to speak for an existing business is first make a decision. You know, do you need financing? Uh, is it necessary to acquire financing? Now, there's two typical uh, types of financing. You're either looking for a equipment loan or mm -hmm. some type of fixed loan to purchase something. And then there are businesses that have a seasonal nature that require lines of credit. Um, I think a line of credit is a good idea for any business uh, to have to protect against emergencies and to um, help with short-term variations in the business model. So first, I think, determine if you do need financing. Mm -hmm. And secondly, for what? Is it for operations or is it for growth? How much do you need? Um, and then based upon that, what is the best source? Banks, angels, venture capitalists. Uh, if you're going for a bank, make sure your credit's clean, personal mm -hmm. credit of all the owners. Run your Dun & Bradstreet business report. Get those financials prepared, both historical and projections for the three years coming forward. Demonstrate you have strong cash flow and profitability. And lastly, build a strong business case. All right. Gosh, thank you so much, Paul. I think this has been really helpful and really informative. And if you're in the process of getting funding to grow your business, I do invite all of you to contact Emith today to find out how we can support your business development efforts. Um, you heard that planning is key, and certainly the um, the Mastery Impact Coaching Program is, in fact, a, de a development program, a way to develop your business and get those ducks in a row to really understand what position you're in, where you're going, and how to build the infrastructure to make it happen. And it's always going to assist you in the decisions that you need to make in purchasing funding in some way. Um, that brings us to the end of another Emith Your Business podcast. I want to thank Paul Bazo again for joining the discussion today. You can find Paul online at www.the10xgroup. That's the number 10xgroup.com. And as always, please feel free to visit us online at e-myth.com. Thank you so much for joining us, and thank you, Paul, for being here today. Thank you, Karen. It was a pleasure. 